Today we're going to start a few week sermon series called Fear Not. Anxiety is a major problem in our nation today, in our communities today, in our lives today, in our families today. Um, 40 million adults suffer from severe anxiety. That's roughly um, 18% of the adult population. Some estimates have it higher at about 30% of adults suffer from severe, severe anxiety. 41% of all employees over different industries and different workplaces say they feel high anxiety at work. How many people can give an amen to that? Are you in the 41%? (laughs) It is the number one mental health issue in the nation, anxiety. Roughly $42 billion a year is spent by our government to help care for people with social anxiety disorders. So what I pray this sermon series does, fear not, is listen, we live in a broken world. We're going to face anxiety, we're going to face troubles, we're going to face hardships. That's a reality of life. But through the power of the gospel and through knowing that God is our shepherd, we can learn to manage our anxiety so we are not defined by fear, but rather we're defined by faith. We don't have to be defined by anxiety. We can be defined by being creatures that know we are loved by God and that we know that God is our shepherd. So I pray everyone here, I, I would guess if you're like me, you have struggled with anxiety, sometimes severe. I want today to remind you that God is your shepherd, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he protects you, that he has you in his hands. That little song we used to sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. There's a reason that was that powerful. Even as a kid, I said, I hope a loving God has the whole world in his hands. Because if someone doesn't have this mess, if someone doesn't have this craziness, if someone doesn't have my future in his hands, then I'm afraid. But if there's a God who has the whole world in his hands, who knows every detail of my life, even my hardships, that he can use them for good, then I can live secure. I can live, this is the word I want us all to think about today. I can live courageously. I can live courageously. Amen? So there's three things I want us to think about today. That God shepherds our souls out of fearful places. That God shepherds our soul into restful places. And that God shepherds us towards godly character so that we gain the courage we need to face anything in this life. And we're going to come out on the other end of the sermon series. It's just three weeks going through Psalm 23. We're going to come out fortified in faith and encouraged because our God is a mighty shepherd. So shepherds are awesome and God is ours. That's a good thing. I mean, no one drove by a shepherd on the way here, did you? So it's kind of fun saying the Lord's our shepherd. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you're coming from the, the countryside and we're glad about it. But saying the Lord is our shepherd, I want to give you some context so you can feel that care today. But let's start here. God shepherds our souls out of fearful places. I believe that David wrote this psalm when he was an older man. Because there was a track record. He had enemies. He had near-death experiences. 
He faced many hardships. His closest friends rejected him and turned their back on him. This was a track record. So when he says at the end of this psalm, he says, Surely goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. I want each one of us to be building faith today that we can look back how many years the Lord gives us, whether they're long, whether they're short. I believe all of us can write our own Psalm 23 and we can say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He made me lie down in green pastures. He restored my soul. He, he led me beside still waters for his name's sake. He led me in paths of righteousness. That he was always there for me. That he always protected me. That even through the hardship, even though the self-inflicted troubles, that God, me, God brought me out of them. He was a shepherd. And he brought me from fearful places into restful places. Think about this, because some of your current situations might not feel like God is your shepherd. Some of you might feel like there's no one who cares for you. See, what happened to David is he got a prophecy he was going to be king. Next thing you know, he was on the run in caves, and the king of Israel was trying to kill him. Imagine sleeping in a cold, wet cave... And you're believing a promise that God is going to make you the greatest king of Israel. His current situation wasn't matching up with God's promise. How about if your own son betrayed you like David's did, Absalom? Charismatic, good-looking leader. He leads people against his father to try to overtake his father. How about when God says you're going to be the greatest king of Israel and you're going to, I'm going to be with you? You say to yourself, I can't even lead my own family well. How is this going to happen? That, that can cause angst. How about when God searches the whole earth for someone who has his heart? It said God searched because Saul's heart turned from God. Saul's heart loved the praise of man so much that he, he lived for it. He lived for the glory of the praise of man. And God himself said, I need to search the earth for someone who has my heart in him to make him king. How do you think David felt when he had an affair and he killed the husband of that woman? Do you think he felt like God made a mistake in choosing him to be king? That can cause much angst, can it not? When we see our own sinfulness and we say, God, you chose me to follow you. You chose me to proclaim your name. You chose me to use my gifting for your glory. How can this be that can cause angst? But at the very end, after all those trials, after all those tribulations, after all those self-inflicted things that he put upon his life, David said, the Lord has been my shepherd. He has taken me up out of every dark place, even the dark places that I willingly went to. He has delivered me from my enemies, and my enemies were great. He has healed my heart even when my own family rejected me. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything that is good. I want you to know that your father will not withhold anything that is good from your life. Some of us have prayed for things that were not in the plan of God. And I know it's hard, but I'm telling you right now, you'll be able to look back at your life and look back at eternity and say, God was good to me. He was a great shepherd. And that relieves anxiety. David said, I have nothing 
to be afraid of. And I want to speak to a few different categories of people today. And even the people who listen online, because this could apply. Maybe today you are someone who is in a fearful place in your life. You thought you would be married by now. And you are petrified that you will be alone for the rest of your life. Fear not. God is your shepherd. He has your life in his caring hands. Maybe you're in high school, because we've got a few high schoolers now. We're growing up around here. And you are petrified that you cannot live out the Christian life, and you will fall prey to the traps of sin. Fear not. Your shepherd is strong. He will protect you. Maybe you are older. You're one of our older um, members in our church, and you're nearing the final chapters of your life. You fear death and the unknown. I say to, to you today, fear not. For the author of eternity, your heavenly father, Jesus Christ himself will greet you on the other side of death. Death has no sting. Amen? Because the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Now he leads us out of fearful places and he leads us into restful places. I have told you guys about our husback riding trip. So I got a bunch of stories coming out of this husback riding trip. I'm telling you one thing, I was anxious going there, but I tried to play it real cool, you know, trying to get the breath for eight seconds in, get the breath out. I was trying to breathe good, but I'm not the tallest guy in the world, so when I get on a horse, I feel like I'm 25 feet off the ground. I just don't, I don't know if I got a crazy horse, I don't know if I got a stupid horse, I don't know if I got a running horse, that that day he's going to decide to be wild and just run off and I'm going to be bucking on a bronco. I don't know what's going to happen to me, so there's some angst with it. I'm also trusting people that I've never met to lead me through the woods, and I'm not in the woods every day. I'm just not. I don't know. So there's two things I really fear, as you know, sharks and heights. I can't stand sharks and heights. So I'm thinking, if this trail guide leads me next to a cliff, and I'm on this 600-pound animal, there's going to be trouble in paradise for my soul. We don't know where we're going. I get on the horse. I put this big old helmet on. I got Cliffy next to me on the horse. He's going to be no help. And I just trust this guy. So we go into the woods, and we get into the woods, and we're riding this horse and these horses. And she led us to the most restful places. We went by, like, water flowing and the most beautiful scenery you saw, the white mountains, and I'm like, why was I afraid? All that time, two hours, I was so stressed trying to play it like I'm cool, and I was stressed, and it was the most restful ride through restful places, and guess what I felt after that guide, after that horseback riding trip? I felt restored. I felt like I had been through something that restored my soul. This is the imagery that David is using. He said, you lead me beside still waters. You lead me to green pastures. You lead me in paths of righteousness, and my soul is restored. See, when we're anxious, doesn't that empty you out? You can be at home on the couch and be exhausted, and you haven't even exerted any energy. Just get up like, whoo, it's been a long day. You burn 200 calories combined for the whole day. 
That's because when a soul is tired, when a soul is anxious, when a soul is restless, when a soul sees the future and says, I'm afraid, it gets weary. But when a soul goes to the restful place of the gospel and know that God loves you more than you can even love yourself, and even before you were in your mother's womb, he had a plan for your life, all of a sudden the, the soul finds rest and the, fo- the soul can run and endure. And just like we sang at the beginning, on wings like eagles, just an energy and a joy that can only come by the Spirit of God that is found in restful places in the gospel. David first says, You lead me beside still waters. And let me give you a little shepherd history here. Sheep are petrified of running water. If you lead them to water and it's running, they will not drink. They will not drink. They get too scared. They're they're scared. They're petrified. They won't do it. So what the shepherd does is he dams up the stream and he makes the water still. So the shepherds walk up and they drink and they restore the soul. That's why David, who was a shepherd, was saying, you're my shepherd. You damn up all that's going crazy in my life, and you make it still, and I drink from the gospel, and my soul is restored. Do you hear that, Restoration Road? You lead me to green pastures. Sheep are so dumb. If I had 25 minutes, I couldn't explain how dumb they are to you. I watched the sheep on social media this week get caught in a tire swing, and it just kept running and going up, running and going up. No idea, it's in a tire swing. Sheep have been known, if someone's walking off the cliff in front of them, they'll be like, doo, 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 beep. Next one, you think he'll figure it out? No, let's go. Beep. Sheep are not intelligent. Sheep need a shepherd. Say that six times real fast. Sheep need a shepherd because the sheep left to its own devices will walk into the woods and get lost. A sheep left to its own devices will circle and not be able to find its way out. A sheep left to its own devices will eat stuff that's not good for them in the woods and even eat poisonous things that will hurt them. Sheep need a shepherd and David saying, you have led my life out of these wild woods, out of these dangerous places into restful places where I can eat of the green grass and I can have joy. And I can be alive. Some of you today, maybe you thought you knew better than God. And you walked in the woods for the food of this broken world. And you find yourself hungry and worn down. Would you follow God into greener pastures? And be restored. Then it says he leads them in paths of righteousness. This one could apply To all of us who long for godly character and long to be more like Jesus. God will lead you through fearful places to restful places so you will establish godly character where you get built up in courage. And I asked Natalie before I share this story, (coughs) and she said, okay. So I want you to know I'm getting okays for all the stories now. I'm growing as a man. We went down to a conference this week for three days in Boston. For the past 20 years, me and Natalie have been praying that God makes us more social. Because we really could stay inside and be antisocial with a good Netflix series forever. <laughs> Left to my own devices, I do not need people. But that is my flesh. The Spirit of God moves in me and I actually... 
by the grace of God, we are really finding so much joy in community and being around people and, and relationships now, right? I mean, I heard Paul Tripp write one time, sin is antisocial, and I think that's one of the wisest things I've ever heard. But so me and Natalie are challenging ourselves. We're with about 300 people. I know about five to seven. She basically knows nobody. So we're in the conference, wonderful worship. A lady walks up to us who was leaving, leading the breakout session right after. And she says, basically, I'll make a long story short, I would love for you to come to my breakout session. And I had basically said, we're going to that one, Natalie. I said, I'm really looking forward to the lady I said that. She says, it's only for women. I said, oh, thank you for letting me know. We don't want another Twilight movie episode if you never heard about that one. Me and Joe Gore literally thought we were going to see Underworld back in the day. Vampires fighting werewolves. We ended up in the first Twilight movie with teenage girls and moms. I had to leave the theater because I broke out into hysteria when he said he was glowing in the woods. I left the movie never to come back. We almost had another Twilight incident. Me in the women's breakout session. But Natalie now was stuck that she had to go to this breakout session where she knew nobody. Natalie would rather face a grizzly bear than go into a situation where she doesn't know anyone and has to make new friends. So I felt the angst of my wife, and I'm like, here we go. I'm trying to play it cool. I'm walking down the hallway. She just looks at it, and she's like, I just got to do it. And she just turned and went in there. Listen, there was a series of three doors all open. I watched Natalie walk by each door, petrified. She just kept looking at tables of people she did not know and sweating. That's the definition of courage. You know what courage is? Courage is not that you don't feel any fear. Courage is the ability to do something even though you're absolutely frightened of it. Do you guys hear that? Courage is the ability to do something even though you're absolutely frightened of it. Now, she built godly character in that because she forced herself to face something she was afraid of. She learned, even if it wasn't the greatest session, she learned things about being a godly leader and growing in a church plant and those kind of things. This is what I need you to hear today. On the other side of those fearful places that God is leading you to overcome is the restful places where you will build godly character and courage. Do you guys hear me? If you see a dragon, a metaphorical dragon, and you continue to run away from that dragon, that dragon will only get bigger when you come back and face him. Do you guys hear me? Every time you turn from a dragon that God is telling you to slay, and I'm speaking metaphorically, every time you turn back, that dragon will be bigger. You must face the dragon, or we will take over your life. Fear will rule your life, and God has made you be ruled by love and courage. Amen? Fear not. For God is your shepherd. God will lead you into frightening places to pass of righteousness. And the destination at the end of the path is godly character. Many of us long to be more like Jesus. And the only way to be more like Jesus is to trust God the Father as our shepherd and draw your courage from that reality. You know, there's a wonderful quote. Because this is the most important thing to overcome an anxiety. You must know that you're loved with an unfailing love from a God who is fully committed to you. Tim Keller has a great quote here. 
He said to be loved, and I'm going to paraphrase here, to be loved and not known is superficial. If someone loves you but they don't know you, that's superficial. If someone knows you and they do not love you, that's our greatest fear. If someone knows you but they don't love you, that's our greatest fear. Now, if someone knows you and they love you, that's the love of God. Do you guys hear me? With that kind of love, we can overcome anything. What are we afraid of? That's why David said, who shall I fear? What shall I fear? I fear nothing. Put me in the most fearful places. I will come out with courage because God is my shepherd. Lions, bears, giants, it does not matter because it's not in my strength, because it's the one who protects me. It's the one who watches over me. It's the one who has always been with me. It's the one who called me from my mother's womb. It's the one who knows my sickness and my my failures and my sin, yet he still loves me and lifts me up. That's why I'm that courageous. See, you thought I was courageous when I slayed the giant because I was some sort of elite athlete, but that wasn't it. I knew my God was great and I saw him over and over again. When I went out to face that giant, I faced that giant because I knew God was my shepherd. When I slew army after army in the name of God for his name's sake, you thought I was slaying ten thousands because I was something. But it was the God that was for me was something. Amen? That's how you have the courage. Some of you don't think you can overcome your giants or overcome your fears. I'm telling you, you absolutely can because God is your shepherd. Left to our own devices, I'd say we'd just be like those sheep running in the woods. But if we have the shepherd, the mighty warrior shepherd, Jesus, fighting for us, we can overcome all things and we are more than overcomers in Jesus. Maybe you're afraid of commitment. You're afraid of getting married because you've seen so much. You've seen maybe your parents divorced. You've maybe seen your grandparents divorced. You've seen generations of broken families. Maybe you're afraid of that kind of commitment. Fear not, take courage, be committed. On the other side of that commitment is godly character and righteousness realized. Maybe some of you are afraid of sobriety because of all the emotions and the pain and the guilt and the shame and the turmoil you feel when you try to be sober. I understand. On the other side of facing that fear of being sober, is rest for the soul, quiet for the soul, the love of your heavenly Father. Amen? Did I get an amen for a kid? Are they just talking? That was awesome. (laughs) Maybe some of you are struggling. You're afraid with your money. It's just scary to you to think about finances and even like trusting God with your finances. Fear not. Take courage. God will always provide for you. He loves you. He cares for you. You're his child. What good father doesn't give good things to his kids? He's going to take care of you. He's your shepherd. See, godly character is on the other side of some of our greatest fears. Fear not. Take courage and face them with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to close with this. And I'm so proud of you little ones. You have been awesome today. Just so proud of you guys. There was no one of greater courage than Jesus Christ. There's no one who faced a more frightening circumstance than Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, Jesus was fully God and fully man. 
And when he looked at what God had called him to do, he looked at that fearful place of walking to the cross. It caused him so much anxiety that he actually prayed this prayer to his heavenly father. He said, God, my father, if there's another way to do this, if there's another cup I can drink besides this cup, if there's another path to this righteousness and this freedom, my father who I loved, who I love since the foundation Actually, for all eternity, before the foundation of the world. He said, if there's another way, please let me take that path. And as he prayed, God revealed to him, he said, God revealed to him, his heavenly father, that the path was the cross. And he said some of the most beautiful, beautifully courageous prayer that maybe was ever prayed. He said, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, but thine be done. He was sweating blood. So listen, you are anxious when you're sweating blood. When you face your fears, you will feel all kinds of things in your body. You'll feel like you can't breathe. You feel like you're going to pass out. You feel like you can't make it. The energy will be drained out of your body. But when you face that fear and the power of God, you can be victorious. And what Jesus did was he walked to that cross. He fell at time. He, kept, when he fell to the ground. He carried that cross. He went up there. He was humiliated. He was broken. He was beaten. But he was so courageous and he faced the most fearful place and he overcame it through love where he he even prayed for the ones who were killing him. And Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. Defeating our greatest fears. I need you to hear that. Your greatest fears were defeated at the cross. Are you afraid of death? Death has no sting because Christ defeated death And all those who believe in him, believe that he died and rose again, will have eternal life. So death is no thing for a Christian. It's something we should not even fear, even though God understands when we do. How about sin? Some of us have sins that torment us. We think, how can God forgive me for those sins, and I can't even forgive myself? Christ died. For every one of our sins, they are cast as far as the east is from the west. They are forgotten. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. And finally, Satan, the foe that Scripture says when we see him, we will laugh that he's the one who deceived the nations. You see, in Genesis 3, after the fall of Adam and Eve, what is the promise? That I will send one who will crush the head of Satan. That's exactly what our Christ, Jesus, did on that cross. He crushed the head of Satan forever. Death, sin, and Satan destroyed. We are free. We have nothing to fear. Fear not, are our family. Fear not. God is your shepherd. You're in his hands. And live in courage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know we are dust. You know we are frail. Jesus, you took on humanity. You took on flesh, so you know the temptations. You know even the anxieties. You know what we went through. I thank you for your patience with us. But I pray, Father, that you would teach every man, woman, and child in here even more that you are a shepherd, that you fight for us, that you always will, that our greatest foes are defeated, 
and that we can face our greatest fears. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling to face their greatest fears. I pray that in your strength they face those fears with courage, Lord. Give them courage. Let them know your love, your, your deep love for them, and help that to build them up so they can walk in freedom. We just thank you for your grace and for your cross. Amen.